The Burroughs of Berea is a conversational podcast. We study the Bible and we talk about it. Not all of us are of the same faith, and one of us doesn't actually have a faith. And that's wonderful. We all love one another, and we're going to continue to talk about these things. The things we believe in and the things we believe about what we read in the Bible. Not all of these are necessarily true. Some of it is opinion and speculation. Thank you for listening and speculating with us. There you go. That was good. Yes. Oops, oops, oops. <laughs> you are listening to the Burroughs of Berea. Welcome back to the Burroughs of Berea. I am Rick Welch, and to my left is Billy I Candy Kimsey. Um, three Musketeers <laughs> all in one. Oh wow! <laughs> Two in one the hip. That's good. I like it. I still Winning. wish he would do yeah. something with Charleston Chew. Why? Let Ralph do that one. <laughs> <laughs> He's a young eye candy, Ralph is. <laughs> and to my right is Cherry the Annihilator Lewis. Hello. <laughs> behind, the, <laughs> behind the glass is Rocket Man, Andy Bishop. <laughs> Wait, nope. Nah, we'll just go without it. <laughs> Sarita is here again, Sarita Edgerton. I got to come up with a nickname for Sarita. Hey, y'all. Do you have one? Is Sarita not bad enough? No. <laughs> no. I mean, <laughs> no, it's not. It's not good <laughs> enough. Okay, so my mom's name is Chipperly, spelled C-H-I-P-R-L-E. Wow. Say that again? Chipperly. Chipperly. Spelled C-H-I-P-R-L-E. Now, did you have family with that name, or did that just... I don't know. It's just like they wanted to invent an adverb. I don't know. Uh, but if you look at that spelled, it's absolutely chirple, and she's been called chirple for her entire <laughs> oh, life. Oh, <laughs> no. Wow. Yeah, you look at it spelled out. So. My aunt, uh, who's been on the show, you know, uh, Uncle AJ and my Aunt Joan, her her first name is actually Robina, and you do not utter this wow. word. It's like saying the name of God. Like, you just don't do it, like, around her. <laughs> she doesn't like the name. No. Robina, it's very I, unusual, though. It's Yeah, it sounds— Is it Robina? No, it's Robina. I mean, how do you spell it? Robin? R- yeah, uh? R-O-B-E-N-A. So she's Robina, Robina Joan. Robina. At least nobody wow, called I've her. I've never heard that before. Me either. It's a cool name. Like when somebody, you know, I was named Richard Joe. <laughs> Richard Joe? Yeah, and J-O-E for Joe. Now, my mom and dad listen to this podcast, so mom and dad. Great job. I apologize in advance. <laughs> but so here's how, and I, it's kind of a cool that I got the name Joe. Because if I if I didn't, uh, this is my name would have been Ricky Ralph. Because <laughs> I was named after my mom's favorite uncle, and his name was Ralph, but they called him Joe. That was his nickname. Oh. So they called me after my dad, who was Richard, and then Joe, my middle name, after my mom's favorite uncle, Ralph. But I could have been Ricky Ralph. Ricky Ralph. <laughs> kind of like Wreck-It Ralph, right? has got a ring. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I'm so glad that didn't work out. So, <laughs> You know what? Thanks, Joe. I still say I got y'all all beat. All right. Let's hear it. Hello. My name's Cherry. That's yeah, true. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. not your stripper name? <laughs> and you know how many years I've been asked that? I bet. I have literally been asked that very question. Or after people have had anesthesia, somehow or another, I go from being Cherry to Candy. <laughs> so lovely. you're the new Candy. I the new Cherry Candy. Only when you're on a lot of drugs. Cheer it's, like, it's like yeah. Ray Romano said when he, he said he was driving down the road and his kids were in the back. And he said, I just wish I could be a kid again. He's like, you're looking out the window. You have no care in the world. You're not mad at the traffic. You're not worried about the gas prices. He said, they're just sitting back there. And I thought, I wonder what my kids are thinking about. So he looks at his boy and he says, hey, what are you thinking about? And one of them said, candy. 
And he goes, huh. And he asked his girl, he said, what are you thinking about? And she said, bubbles. And he goes, and we had so much in common because that was the name of the strippers that I saw the night before. <laughs> Candy and bubbles. Romano's a you funny guy. You know he's going to be playing uh, Jimmy V? Jimmy, Jimmy Valvano? Mm-hmm. Really? From the Wolfpack? Mm-hmm. No kidding. And I'm a Tar Heel fan, so that breaks my heart. But it's a perfect it's a perfect cast, if you, th- if you ask me. Are they talking about the 83 season where they won it all? Yeah, Man. and then through his cancer. Yeah, yeah, that's an amazing story. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were seeded tenth, and they won the national championship. And every game they won in the last second, the whole way through, it was wow. like a nail biter the whole way through. Yeah, it was really cool. That was the year after Michael Jordan had done the three for you know Carolina. So the Wolfpack come in anyway. All right, so I got a joke. I thought you only had one. Oh, that was earlier in a podcast that was last week's. <laughs> See how that works? I thought you only had one joke in general. Yeah. I only had one joke for last week's podcast, which is tonight when we recorded it, but it's it's last week to these people. Say what? I know. That's how it works. Time travel. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm literally two weeks ahead of time talking about something a week before what you guys are hearing. I don't even... That was not a sentence. (laughs) I can't disagree with that. So, yeah. So, anyway, uh, this... Teacher gets in front of her elementary school class, and she starts talking about whales and how whales are mammals. And uh, that whales, even though they're so large, they have a very small throat. And this little girl raised her hand, and she said, I learned in Sunday school that Jonah lived in a whale for three days. And she said, well, I've heard that too, but unfortunately, that can't be true. And uh, the whale's throat is too small, it can't hold a human. And she said, well... But I heard it in Sunday school. And she said, well, I'm sure you're going to hear a lot of things in Sunday school that aren't real. And she says, well, when I get to heaven, I am going to ask Jonah. And she says, well, little girl, what if you go to hell? And She said, well, then you ask him. <laughs> anyway, so let's get into this Esther, Esther series. He didn't even laugh, guys. <laughs> so... <laughs> So we have, obviously, our first episode was the kickoff with the holiday Purim, and then the last episode, uh, we got into, we did chapter one, but also went into chapter two, and we learned about uh, how, you know, the psychological mess that King Azuaris is, or Xerxes I, he had a six-month council, he had a seven-day drunken orgy, he put away his wife because she didn't want to come out in the crown royal. Uh, there are countless eunuchs uh, all over the place. Uh, they have their places of power and influence. Eunuchs uh, were everywhere. Eunuchs, yeah, eunuchs everywhere. Uh, there was sex, a sex trafficking event that led to the capture uh, and incarceration of over 400 virgins. And who, know, who knows the effects that that had, how that rippled through the empire. Uh, Esther, of course, um, this young Hebrew girl who uh, rises to the rank of queen, uh, thanks to this special eunuch, another eunuch, uh, Hegei, who helped her, you know, um, really impress the king. Then we learned about Uncle Mordecai, her uncle Mordecai, how he was uh, the son of Kish, and we talked about Kish and who, which one he was, and how he made that mistake. But also something to remember that the Babylonian exiles, it was like a four-part exile. Like they they took some every so often, and then whenever. They were allowed to go back home and rebuild during like Nehemiah and Ezra's time. When the, this is shortly like right around that time or a little after, and so 
Esther and Mordecai are part of the Jews that have stayed in this Gentile nation in Susa, the capital, but throughout the empire, they didn't go back home. They stayed, and they're sort of assimilating, not sort of, but they are. They're assimilating into the culture that they're around, which is something that they've always had to do. Uh, because they they can they could never seem to keep their land long enough. They kept getting stripped away and pushed away, and they just they always uh, they're a very uh, strong people. They really are. Uh, we also remember in chapter two that uh, while Mur- Mordecai was walking, you know, going to check in on Esther, he hears uh, this plot to uh, assassinate the king by these two eunuchs, and uh, he through some maneuvering and getting the message to Esther in an investigation, those two eunuchs were discovered and they were executed. And so this chapter, chapter two, ends on this incredible Mordecai and Esther have literally saved the most powerful man on the planet. Like, that's what has happened. That's the reality of it. And then chapter three starts. So I've asked, just like we did in the Olive Discourse, let's do some audience relevance, okay? So think about it. You're in this world now. And imagine you're listening to somebody read this next chapter. And Sarita, if you don't mind, do you have that pulled up where you could read? Please read Esther chapter 3, verse 1 through 6. After these things, King Ahasuerus promoted Haman the Agagite, the son of Hamadatha, and advanced him and set his throne above all the officials who were with him. And the king's servants who were at the king's gates gate bowed down and paid homage to Haman, for the king had so commanded concerning him. But Mordecai did not bow down or pay homage. Then the king's servants who were at the king's gate said to Mordecai, Why do you transgress the king's command? And when they spoke to him day after day, and he would not listen to them, they told Haman in order to see whether Mordecai's words would stand, for he had told them that he was a Jew. And when Haman saw that Mordecai did not bow down or pay homage to him, Haman was filled with fury. But he disdained to lay hands on Mordecai alone. So as they had made known to him the people of Mordecai, Haman sought to destroy all the Jews, the people of Mordecai, throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus. Thank you so much. So we get out of chapter two, and Mordecai has saved the most powerful man on the planet, and we get to chapter three, and then we hear about this other dude who gets promoted to the second most powerful man on all the planet, right? So we don't really know much about this guy. Uh, we don't know him at all. We just got introduced to him. But there are some clues that we can get to figure out. So number one, I tried to figure out why. Why was this man put to that place of honor? And most of the times in ancient culture, it had to do with either they were um, rich, right? They were very wealthy, or they were of royal blood or from previous royalty uh, of other nations. They were uh, landowners or they were um, powerful military commanders. Like that's how they would rise to these ranks. So when it comes to Haman, we want to try to figure out, or I want to try to figure out who this guy is and why. Uh, there's some debate that Haman and Memucan, that one of the princes that was mentioned in chapter two, was actually the same guy. Um, I don't know why uh, they say that. It's kind of weird. I don't know if it's something in the Hebrew, but for me, they're totally different names. So why wouldn't they just continue on? Um, but I don't. I don't believe that. I don't believe Haman and Memucan were the same person. So there is a little clue, and it's the Agagite, and we've talked about this before. Agagite, right? So if you don't mind, 
So read, I'm going to have you read again, but right before we start, we're going to go into Exodus chapter 17, verse 8 through 16. So listeners, if you want to grab your book, grab your Bible and go to that. Agag, um, if you look that name up, you're going to find out that he was a king in the Old Testament, okay? But there is something kind of unique. Do you guys remember the story? Have you ever heard the story of how there was a war between the Israelites and the Amalekites, and that Moses had to hold a staff over his head, and when he did, they would win, but if the staff came down, they would lose? Do you guys remember that story? So if you read that, if you don't mind reading that, Sarita, we're going to get some context on who this Haman guy is. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. The Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held his hands up, the Israelites were winning, but whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put him, put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner. He said, Because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. Thank you. Yeah, so there's two key verses in what she just read. Obviously, it's the Amalekites. They're fighting against the children of Israel. But God says, I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. I mean, that's that's pretty tough, right? It's a God war. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then he says that the uh, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. And I'm here to tell you guys— it was. You want to talk about holding a grudge? There is. This is a serious grudge match that's going on between these two peoples. Um, Sarita, I'm sorry to have you read so much. Do you mind going to Deuteronomy 25, verse 17, and reading a little bit more? Remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you came out of Egypt, how he attacked you on the way when you were faint and weary and cut off your tail, those who were lagging behind you, and he did not fear God. Therefore, when the Lord your God has given you rest from all your enemies around you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance to possess, you shall blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. You shall not forget. To me, listen to that one. Now, before he said, we'll blot out the name, we'll get, now it's we'll blot out the memory, even the memory of this people to the point to where their creation is meaningless. That's pretty tough, right? So when he says, you shall not forget, to me, Mordecai never forgot. I just don't believe that he ever did. I think he knew. And Haman knows his history too. There's something that happens in Haman's ancestry that would put these two men against one another. And so, <laughs> Sarita, I have turned you into the Rita. Serena the reader. Uh, <laughs> yo, yo, yo. That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. Hey, that worked it out. Yeah. If you don't mind going to First uh, Samuel chapter 15, would you read verses 1 through 3, please? Sure. And Samuel said to Saul, 
The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people Israel. Now, therefore, listen to the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I have noted what Amalek did to Israel in opposing them on the way when they came out of Egypt. Now go and strike Amalek and devote to destruction all that they have. Do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. donkey. You guys might remember this from our Halloween episode. Do you remember we talked about how King Saul was supposed to go and completely wipe out this people? You know, and I remember I asked Ralph, like, would you would you kill a kid if God told you to, you know? Because this is that moment, you know, where Saul's expected to do all of this. And I wanted to, uh, before before I get into the rest of this, because I'm going to have her read just a couple more verses. Sarita the Rita. <laughs> That's awesome. just, you could just say Sarita. Yeah. Could you, <laughs> could you Sarita that, please? Uh, it, uh, so I did some math, okay? I went back and I looked at a timeline. I went back into history. So it says... When Amalek opposed Moses while the Israelites were on their way to the promised land, that was around circa 1562 BC, okay? By the time God gets around to fulfilling what he had said to them in regard to Amalek, saying, you shall not forget, and we get to the time of Samuel, it's around 1086 BC. So that's a 476-year span of time. So we know the story. Saul doesn't obey God's words and allows some of the spoils of war to go to the people and lets the king of the Amalekites live. If you don't know the story, read 1 Samuel 15 or go listen to our Halloween episode. We really break it down in that one. So Samuel is angry with Saul and everything he did. He's walking away. He grabs and he tears the robe. You remember all that? And then, yeah. So Samuel has to finish what Saul didn't do. And if you don't mind, would you read verse 32 and 33 out of that chapter? Then Samuel said, Bring here to me Agag, the king of the Amalekites. And Agag came to him cheerfully. Agag said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. And Samuel said, As your sword has made women childless, so your mother shall be childless among women. And Samuel hacked Agag to pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. Yes. This reminds me, uh, this weekend I'm going to a quartet convention. Yeah. Oh, did you South not? South Carolina. Did I'm we going. Not have this that. conversation. We did, wow. and I'm actually going to one. Wow. Well, okay. So wait, did you did you turn coat? Ask away. Do you want to go? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. So you did not turn coat. So I feel. Where, where, where are you going? I'm going to Rock Springs Baptist Church. Oh, and Easley. And Easley. Yeah. And uh, the Wisnets are going to be there. <gasps> You should and you go, don't and it's go? free. I don't. Uh, there's gonna. There's. <laughs> I think Rick's trying to something. Get you to go Horizon. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff. Look it up. Rock Springs Baptist. It's this Saturday. My old pal, uh, <laughs> Gunter, Dwight Gunter. Nah. Yes, he's done me some favors, and then he was like, "Hey, I'd really like you to go," and so I was like. He doesn't know you very well, does he? I'm really curious if they're going to sing in Samuel hacked a gog into pieces. <laughs> With my like, oh, please, I hope so. And he grabs it. <laughs> does anybody 
don't even remember the. <laughs> I'm just wait. <laughs> Do you remember the? the I'm Bugs hung Bunny? up on like I'm hung up on how well Rick held that note and I, the vibrato. Yeah, yeah. And, and how controlled <laughs> the vibrato felt. Yeah, I'm not done. That was I'm not awesome. done. It's yeah. years watching Bugs Bunny. Yes. When he does, <laughs> the, totally you can hear that one note, Leopold. You know, and so he's holding up his hand, and then he walks away, and the gloves still there, and Leopold's dying. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's- <laughs> So I used to want to do that forever. Are you looking it up, Cherry? Trying to. You can absolutely. I was in Wyoming. I don't think I was in the right place. You can go with us. I'm taking my wife. I'm taking my mother-in-law and her cousin. And my mother-in-law, of course, is going. she's going to record all of it. And she's going to play it for me later. <laughs> That's right. It's <laughs> Look, going to be like amazing. That looks like Yars Revenge, doesn't it? That's weird. What's up with that? Is that because know. I dropped your phone? No, you dropped my soda. Did it Did it spill? No. No. Somehow it didn't. It fixed nice. its holy water. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what fixed the phone. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, I wanted to Okay, we'll get back into it, guys. Um I will be sure to tell you all about that wonderful time that awesome. I that I have at this. Do you want to go, Billy? Uh no, I'm going to a monkey festival oh. in in Marion. What is that? I don't know. It's weird. Some guy was telling me about it. I, I, so, I thought it's so, an actual monkey festival. Okay, so it's not, it's, it's not, not a, the band. Yeah, I was thinking yeah, the monkeys. Yeah, yeah. Hey, no, hey, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be like 150 monkeys there. Really? Yes. I think it's actually next weekend. So I'm free this weekend, Rick, but no. You, <laughs> but listen, can I go? You know, so there's like a, um, there's going to be a dude. He's going to be sitting at a table and he's going to be like somewhat obese, sweaty. He's going to be like real red faced. And then you're going to walk by and he's going to say, would you like to pet my monkey? (laughs) (laughs) And you're going to be like, no, thank you. Great. I drove all the way to Marion for this. That's about the right place for it. Welcome to the monkey festival. (laughs) The reason reason Rick can describe the guy so well is because he's already bought the costume. (laughs) I thought he was probably the guy. I didn't need the costume. That's what I look like. <laughs> but I don't have. I thought he was going to say. Did you hear that in unison? It was, it was amazing. You that guys was should nice. go to the Quartet I could convention. Pan it would be in stereo. <laughs> One girl on each side. Oh. So, all right. So let's get back into it. So, you know, we did that little bit of math at 476 years. So from the time of Samuel up to right now in the book of Esther, it's the 12th year of the reign of Xerxes. And we know that uh, according to history, Xerxes reigned from 486 BC to 465 BC. So if you take 12 years, then that takes us to 474 BC. So from 1562 BC, when this first happened with Amalek and Moses, all the way up to now with Mordecai and Haman, it's 1,088 years of good old-fashioned feuding. I mean, you think about it. With the the Hatfield McCoy, or the, yeah, yeah. Hatfield McCoys. Do you guys want to, you want to hear something really cool? I learned this before my nanny passed away. She was really into like Ancestry.com and doing our genealogy. I discovered that I am actually a descendant of both the Hatfields and the McCoys. Oh, that, that is true? It is a true wow. story. Wow. How do you reckon that happened? I think they did some bad things behind the scenes. <laughs> some of that monkey Something pen. was going on. <laughs> <laughs> but according to her in our genealogy, I am Gross. a descendant from both. And she's from Kentucky, and that's where all of her family are from. And so, yeah, that it's it's very true. Yeah, that's why I beat myself up all the time. <laughs> That was true. That's where the self-loathing comes from. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. Uh, all We're right. All a little Hatfield, a little McCoy. So, if you don't mind, I'd like Sarita to read Esther chapter three, verses seven through eleven. In the first month, which is the month of Nisan, in the twelfth year of King Ahasuerus, they cast poor. 
that is, they cast lots, before Haman, day after day. And they cast it month after month, till the twelfth month, which is the month of Adar. Then Haman said to King Ahasuerus, There is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom. Their laws are different from those of every other people, and they do not keep the king's laws, so that it is not to the king's profit to tolerate them. If it pleases the king, let it be decreed that they shall be destroyed, and I will pay ten thousand talents of silver into the hands of those who have charge of the king's business, that they may put it into the king's treasuries. So the king took his signet ring from his hand and gave it to Haman the Agagite, the son of Hamadatha, the enemy of the Jews." And the king said to Haman, The money is given to you, the people also, to do with them as it seems good to you. Thank you so much. What you guys are hearing, she read it so beautifully, but when the way that she reads it, which is great, it's hard sometimes to really get to grasp what's actually going on here. And this is these guys are literally, it's like taking the dice, and they're rolling the dice. Yep, shaking up the dice and throwing it to find out when they can exterminate an entire race of people. He has went to King Ajuerus. Because Mordecai won't bow, Haman has got his butt on his shoulders. They've got this long history. His ancestor was killed by Samuel. Regardless, he just he was pissed because the dude wasn't going to bow down to him. He didn't like him. And so rather than just going after the guy, he went after the entire race. So by the casting of lots, they decided when it was going to happen. And from that point on, it's coming. I mean, that's that's what's going on. This guy's second in command. And now also, he's been given the signet ring. And if you don't understand what that is, you know what it is? That's the true power of the king. Whatever you seal with that signet ring, it's unique to each king. And if you, whatever you seal, if it's unsealed and you're not the person who's supposed to get it, you could be killed. Right. I mean, it is the law. It is the letter of the law. And once that stamp happens, you can't unstamp it. You can't, even the king can't unstamp his own signet. But don't you think Haman here is, I mean, sure, he's got his butt on his shoulders, but he's also made this boast at the gate where all the guys are. They're all hanging out. He's made this sort of boast against Haman um, from his buddies to his buddies in front of his buddies. He you can't mean, back he can't back Haman's down. boasting yes. in front of Mordecai? Well he tells Mordecai, I mean he tells him to bow down. He wouldn't do it right. in front of all the guys. Mm-hmm. Like this is sort so, of like an MMA fight where you know he's getting his behind kicked and he's supposed to be like the favorite. In front of all his friends, like he's going to go kick this guy's behind, not 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 literally, but he. I think it's part of it. He's got a safe face. Pride. It's a pride thing, you know. I mean, I, I really do. He. There's all these people. They see Mordecai will not bow. They tell him before they go to Mord before they go to Haman. Come on, you got to bow down, Mordecai. You just do it. Just do it already. It'll be fine. It'll be over with. Everything will be done. It'll be good. He won't do it day after day, day after day. Finally, they go to Haman. And so there's a pride thing because he didn't even know it was happening until his friends told him. Mm-hmm. And then now he's got to save face. Sure. So now he goes to the king and says, oh, there's this people group, you know, and he makes up the story. Well, it's not really made up because they wouldn't really pay attention to the laws of, of Persia above right. and beyond their own. 
But all that to say is, I really think part of it was like saving face. You know, people have done people have done a lot of a lot of dumb and mean stuff just to save face. I'm really yeah. glad you said that because I didn't think of I didn't even think of this. Think about chapter one. Think about the correlation between oh, King Ahasuerus asking Queen Vashti to come. She doesn't. And he has to save face. So he's saving face, and he's like, what do I do? And they're like, get rid of her. So what's Haman doing? The same exact thing. But also, Mordecai gets credit for saving the king's life. They don't know well, that yet. But they don't know that. But Haman, <laughs> you don't think Haman does? Haman's in the inner circle. Haman's part of this That's special a good point. feast. He was he in knows. power. He was in power. He knows he's got. No, he's, he wasn't in power. He's got. He's he gotten so close to the king. The yeah. Even he's there that seven days. He's there that seven days. Sure. Yeah. And he then he gets the he doesn't. I, mean, I just wouldn't hand my signet ring over to eye candy over here. I've never just met him. I would. I, well, I wouldn't. I, mean, I would just met him. Now <laughs> you'd eventually hand it over to <laughs> somebody you knew. <laughs> Right? Or you you trusted, if you will. And I think this is a lot of, I hate to throw you guys under the bus, but male pride. There's a lot of male, like, just puffing up your chest. You know what I mean? There's I a have no pride. Chest. Okay. I, yes, no, we kidding. all have pride. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I, maybe that's just no, I my mean, you're take right. from it it's as a It's kind of like a bunch of banny roosters standing around, you yeah. know, just yeah. bouncing around. like Especially that's, like. A bunch of cocks crowing. <laughs> Well, well, yep. well. <laughs> people that end up in positions of power like that one are frequently people that have a deep need to be admired. You know, it's just one of the ways people try to fill the black hole in their life. And and uh, the people that end up in those positions are frequently people that, you know, that's how they're trying to do it. And so they're that much more hurt when something like that happens. Yeah. You know, they have to prove themselves because, I don't know, maybe it's all they really feel like they have. Yeah. I can hear Heyman now. I can hear him like, it's going to be huge. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. He was orange? (laughs) Yeah, orange Heyman. Delicious popsicle treat. Listen, if you don't have kids my kid's age, you probably don't or haven't watched the VeggieTales version of this. No. Esther, it literally is the best cartoon Ever and I can almost verbatim quote it, but he is a little yellowish orange in the really? cartoon. He's really? a bit, he's a bit, okay. I think he's a squash. Heyman's a squash, yeah. So I think he's a yellow squash, he's but he's appropriate. It's gonna yeah. be huge, Squashing. it's gonna be huge, but he's tiny. He's a tiny <laughs> little squash, of course, he is with this big ego. Yeah, sounds very familiar. But uh, listen, uh, one of the things that they did in Purim, I don't know if, uh, yeah, I think Ralph talked about this. But at this stage, you know, they all, on Purim, they all dress up like these characters and Haman is the bad guy. But after the night of frolicking and frivolity, they go to the synagogue or they go home, I'm not exactly sure where, and they read the book of Esther. And every time they say the name Esther or Mordecai, they go, yay! And anytime they say Haman, they go, boo or hiss. Yeah. Don't they have like dolls or like... Figures that, that that go along with the feast. I have no like clue. Voodoo dolls or something. No, but they like when it's it's like they have Queen Esther and Mordecai, and it's yay, and then maybe they have, oh, wow. do a little yeah. play sort of. It's kind of like the puppet. You remember the puppet shows? <laughs> yeah, of course. Your Mr. Maybe it's Rogers just the one again. synagogue I've been yeah, to. So. I was yeah. seeing it. The little and castle, there was much rejoicing. You know? Do what? Much people. 
Mr. Rogers, the castle, the little people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the land trolley. of make-believe. Ding, ding. Yes. That's right. And the trolley. Yeah. yeah. What was the name of that one little lamb? Oh, Lammy? I or? think it was Lamb Chop. Lamb Chop. No, that's, that oh, is. Oh, no. Lamb Chop from Captain Kangaroo or something. No, that's Shelly Lewis. No. Cherry Luch. Cherry Lewis. No, that's no, Cherry Lewis. 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 No, it wasn't me. It was also not Lamb Chop. She was a blonde also lady. Known she was a blonde bubbles. lady from the yeah. 60s or 70s. No, I remember. I remember now. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Sherry or Shelly something. Anyway. Shelly, that sounds right. What are we talking about? Mr. Ross. Lamb Chop. Children's television, <laughs> got from apparently. There, children's television. Yeah. No, but it wasn't Lamb Chop on... on no, no, no. I don't that's what she's saying. No there was this female puppetress. Female puppetress. That was similarly timed as like early then, early... Mr. Rogers' neighborhood that was kind of big. Somebody's gonna have to thing. Google that. I'm calling it. I'm calling it. I think Lamb Chop was actually that little lamb that was on Mr. Rogers. There's no way. It had to be. You sir are incorrect. Am I? Yes. It wasn't Captain Kangaroo. It. No, it was that other girl. She said her name or something like it. Shelley Winters. No. Shelley she's, Duvall. I think she's on it. I see her. Sherry Lewis. And what was she on? Sherry she Lewis. was on. What's her own show? Her first appearance was on Captain Kangaroo, but she was on many, many, many other shows. And this is what Lamb Chop looked like. Yes, so, that's Lamb Chop. Mm-hmm. But, but is that from Mr. Rogers? No. No, she oh. was not from Mr. Rogers. Let me see if I can find her. See? So you're watching Sherry Lewis puppets <laughs> a long time ago, Rick? Listen, Sherry I'm Lewis. Hearing? <laughs> I guess so. I I used to love to watch. There she is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. Totally she may have yeah, made an appearance Mr. on Mr. Rogers, but she was she started out. She was on like that. Kind of looks what's like what's the guy uh, that had his can, own? Can somebody Annie, anyway? Off a can little you, orphan Annie, from right. what I can What see. was her name? Describe her. Sherry Lewis. She has the quintessential late sixties, early seventies tight, curled. Pin curl red hair perm. It's Pat. I, I wish there was it's a Pat with the red hair. She's you guys really ever watched It's Pat not, on SNL? Yeah, she's not unattractive, but she has this little fluffy no. lamb chop that she's yeah. kissing. That's weird, but yeah, okay. it's it was. I wish I could remember the show well enough to describe it because I think by today's standards we would all be like, she's a weirdo. <laughs> but it was really cute, you know. She had her hand up a lamb's butt. I yeah. mean, yeah. so it's just. Weird. I wonder. I don't know why. It was Never a very mind. 70s, like like <laughs> child's television in that very 70s, in a very 70s way. Does that make sense? Maybe yeah. 70s, early 80s. Not quite like Chuck E. Cheese weird, but just not how we do it today. Yeah. I mean, the like the king and the queen on Mr. Rogers, they looked very, like, they were bizarre yeah. looking. Yeah, those puppets. They had you those look at them and it ex- just- Accentuated features. I know. Yeah. I just- it was something about it. It just made me feel weird, you know. And didn't Eddie Murphy do Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood? On he did Mr. Robinson's yes, Neighborhood. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Here's how we answer the door in my neighborhood. <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> <laughs> that was Eddie Murphy. So let's get back to this right, guy. Yeah, so yeah, here we sorry. are. So now <laughs> you know we we just learned about how they cast lots. Of course, that's where Purim per lots. That's where it comes from. But. You know, we talk about how God's name uh, isn't in the book of Esther ever mentioned, especially in English, but we do remember there were acrostics, and they show up at four different places where you either see the Tetragrammaton or the uh, J-H-V-H, which are the the letters uh, yod Hey vav Hey, which is the name of God, or Hashem, with no vowels, and they use it at the beginning of the first four letters of the next chapter or whatever, or that verse. And if it's backwards, then it's coming from the Gentile side. If it, if it's going forward, then it's from God's determination. But because we know another scripture, 
uh, and I'll read this one. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 33. It says, the lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. And we've heard of other places. If you remember uh, Jonah, when he was in the boat and they were trying to determine what to do, they cast lots and it fell on Jonah. So they threw him over. If you remember, they were trying to replace Judas and the 12 disciples after Judas had committed suicide, they cast lots and it fell on Matthias or Matthias or Matthias, however you say it. Anyway, so the lot is cast, but it, it's determined by the Lord. So because we know that to be true and because this fell on this specific date, we know that God allowed it to fall on this specific date for a reason. I won't get into what that reason is now, but it is amazing. So this is, if we think about the history of Haman and how he is a descendant of Agag, then we can also see that he's obviously rich because it says in back in that in those verses it says if it please the king let it be decreed they be destroyed and i will pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who have charge of the king's business that they may put it into the king's treasuries so 10,000 talents so i thought hmm let's see what the value of 10,000 talents of silver would be in today's currency. And it's $3.48 billion. Are you serious? Yes. So that's how much money that Haman was able to give. And obviously from plenty, wow. most people that give that much for something like this, maybe it hurt him a little bit, but probably not. Is he Elon Musk? <laughs> yeah. He definitely had a huge bank account. <laughs> huge bank It was account. huge. He had a Haman Tower. He builds it later. <laughs> I'm killing it tonight, guys. <laughs> All right, so. You're getting ahead of yourself. I, I know, I can't help it. I'm so sorry. Um, so what we talked about in the Purim, in the holiday edition is something that if you, this isn't in the Bible, but this is in history. Xerxes I was trying to revenge what had happened to his father in the battle with Athens or the Greeks. So, he gets this, when he has the six-month council, what we believe it to be is that he has all of the princes and everyone there to begin to donate to the, uh, to the cause that they're going to go deep into the heart of Athens and fight. And so that's what they do. And that's where we heard about the Spartans. You remember? This is Sparta. You know, that whole thing and that big, ugly dude, Xerxes. Yeah, yeah. So that happened. Like, all of this actually happened in history. And they do. They march in and they burn Athens to the ground. However, they get beat back. And so it costs the nation, you know, the empire, a tremendous amount of money to go in just to lose. So for Haman to offer $3.48 billion for a cause was actually a good thing. And so whenever King Hajoeris says, or Xerxes says, the money's yours, you do what he's saying is, sure, fill my coffers, but you go go hammer down, do whatever you got to do. I'm good with it. Like I'm, you know, it's basically like bribe money. It just bribes them with that kind of money. That's a lot of bribe. That's a lot. That's, you know, you yeah. could get me to look in a in a in the other direction for a couple billion dollars. I gotta be honest with you. I'd hate to think what I'd do for 50 bucks right now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 
That wouldn't even fill your car up with gas. No, yeah. not today. Yeah. Not today. You're right. Not his car. Have you seen his car? Uh, it's it's huge. next to mine. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. huge. <laughs> it's huge. It's huge. a huge car. It's a Heyman car. So we know that the king, if he wanted, he probably could have just done whatever. He could have taken Heyman's money. He could have taken Heyman for everything if he wanted. But we all know how Game of Thronesy things are, right? Especially in ancient culture, these kings and all of the people, and they're, they're making alliances, and daughters are marrying these, and they're trying to, you know, they're this is a it's a power play all the time, all the time, all the time. So Haman is just making his move to finally eradicate his worst enemy. That's really what's going on here. When I saw that ten thousand talents, and I, I, it just brought to my mind, like it just came to my mind. I was like. Where am I? Where did I hear that ten thousand talents thing? You know, and I wanted to read something out of the New Testament. And Sarita, if you don't mind, uh, read the parable of the unforgiving servant. Uh, if you want to read along, it's in Matthew chapter eighteen, verses twenty-one through thirty-five. Then Peter came up and said to him, "Lord, how often will my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? As many as seven times?" Jesus said to him. I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents, and he could not pay. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, "'Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything.'" And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. When that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. When his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me, and you sh- and should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in his anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart." Thank you so much. Yeah, so even though it just came to mind and it doesn't really fit, it doesn't really fit in what we're talking about, but it just shows the difference. Like this parable that Jesus is describing, this king obviously had mercy. And for one servant that owed him 10,000 talents, you know how much money that is. He can't pay that back. It's impossible. And so he was he was being sent to prison with his wife and his children, which is, dude, they were doing that in England up to like 200 years ago. Yeah, you know what debtor's I mean? like, prison. That's debtor's wild. prison was a thing, you actually, know? Actually, we brought debtor's prisons yeah, to the United actually, States. Actually, U.S. Did has we? debtor's prison now, yes. Well, we brought Where? it in the colonies as well. They yeah, were in the but colonies. it also exists right now. It does? Yeah, there's certain, there's certain, certain non-payment of debts you can go to jail for. Oh, wow. Yeah. Child support? Uh, I, I'm not exactly sure. That is you, one. You know what? Everybody should double check me. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Yeah, double check that. But I'm pretty sure there's circumstances under which you can do jail time for debt in the U.S. It's one of the few countries in the world, like many things. Yeah, don't take our word for it. Ask Jeeves it. Oh, yeah. is that even a thing anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I Probably. He's probably back there. Duck, duck, go it. Or yeah. bing it. Or... I always say Google it, so it's yeah. not fair. We you gotta bing spread it, the love. Though, the Chinese know what you're looking up. Remember, <laughs> always remember. 
DuckDuckGo's the one that hides your that, uh, all right. your history and stuff. So if you're paranoid, that's the one for you. Go to the DuckDuckGo <laughs> and, and look it up. And don't look up the word Bing on it. So, <laughs> use, but anyway. Use Google to find Bing, to find DuckDuckGo, <laughs> to find Ask Jeeves. <laughs> this dude, Ask Jeeves doesn't even exist. So <laughs> basically, and here I go again with that word. God, I can't stop saying basically. That's a new one. Sorry. No, I've been saying it so much. Really? Uh, just like I say, so, or okay. You know, well, that. you got to kind of say those words. They're filthy <laughs> filler words. They help a you to the next word. Yeah. yeah. A yeah. transition. Yeah. Like and, but, nor. Conjunction, junction. What's, <laughs> what's your, your function? function? <laughs> Hooking up words, phrases, and clauses. That's how I learned <laughs> what a conjunction was. Thank you, School of Rock. So. <laughs> Anyway, I just, I thought of that 10,000 talents and I thought about how Jesus described that mercy of the king. And I, you know, I remember when I first learned what that meant, it was that I just, I received, he says the kingdom of heaven is like this. And I just, I remember receiving that mercy for myself because I had a debt that I could never pay and he gave me mercy. So what do I do in turn? Is I try to beat every the living hell out of everybody that knows me. <laughs> <laughs> Give me my I money. Need to, <laughs> I need to. I need to learn my lesson. No, in all reality, you know that it, it makes me think twice. You know, whenever I think about somebody in that situation, I, you know, I don't want to put him in that situation with me. Anyway, but that was not Haman's deal. Haman had his own plan. He was going to literally exterminate entire race of people because one man wouldn't bow, and the king just was like. Whatever, bud. And possibly over a generational blood feud, to be fair. And uh, that is true. That is true. But there are people alive, just, you know, when we talk about like uh, today, when we talk about slavery and the effect of slavery on the African American people, we can see that now. Like, if we go, you see what I mean? Like, absolutely. You're picking up up what I'm laying down. Like, there's this, we're only talking a couple hundred years here. You know, they got a thousand years of this, and they're probably. Even to this day, there's probably some something going on because they they do they they fight a lot over there, you know, even well, amongst themselves. Iran and Israel are always going at it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Iran is Persia. That's true. It is. It's yeah, the that's, of that's Persia. Persia. Yep. yep. Absolutely. So let's finish up this uh, book here, if you don't mind. Uh, Esther chapter three verses twelve through fifteen. Sarita, thanks. Then the king's scribes were summoned on the thirteenth day of the first month, and an edict, according to all that Haman had commanded, was written to the king's satraps and to the governors all over the provinces and to the officials of all the peoples, to every province in its own script and every people in its own language. It was written in the name of King Ahasuerus and sealed with the king's signet ring. Letters were sent by couriers to all the king's provinces with instruction to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate all Jews. Young and old, women and children, in one day, the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month of Adar, and to plunder their goods. A copy of the document was to be issued as a decree in every province by proclamation to all the peoples to be ready for that day. The couriers were out, went out hurriedly by the order of the king, and the decree was issued in Susa the citadel. And the king and Haman sat down to drink, but the city of Susa was thrown into confusion." Very good. Yeah. I, I want to point out how wild that is. It's not like uh it's not like the the Turks uh and the uh what's that A word the Holocaust, the Armenians, like not like the Turks and the Armenians or like like what we think of Stalin or uh or Hitler, where it was like the government like sent organized forces to relocate 
people in basically all those instances and they died in, you know, and they died in concentration or whatever. Right. That's like you're getting a newspaper and in that newspaper it says on July 12th, I need you to kill everybody of group A. Yes. And just take their stuff. That's fine. That's wild. I yes. mean, it's a government that's. Are they? Are you required to do the murder, or is it just like murder optional? Like, how does this run? Yeah, it's kind of like the purge. Yeah, you ever saw that yeah, film, the purge. Exactly, gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like, yeah, it's the purge, the purge of the Jews at that That's point. That's so wild. The thing that really caught my eye was how long they had to wait for that date. It was eleven months. <laughs> So how day. are we going to do it? We're going to use our guns. Yeah. We're going to use our knives. So, yeah. Poison? So I thought about it. Here's how. Here's here's how it works. You well, got to go back. It was snail mail, bro. The law wasn't posted on that date, though. When was it posted? It was so it had it, it occurred on that day that it was sealed that they were supposed to start be that the king's mm. satraps were supposed to write these things. The scribes supposed mm. to write it down. All right. So they're getting this written. And then they have to go uh, among 127 provinces, and all of the people that they rule have different languages. That you know, yeah. they're putting this out in every language, much like the way Jesus' sign was on top of his cross. It was in three different languages, so that everybody knew what was happening to the King of the Jews. They're sending out multiple languages to all of these people. So, how are they going to get it there? It's not like they sent an email. It was the Pony Express, man. It was. Th- th- it took this long. To get this information out, that's yeah. why. Yeah. Like, okay, on this date, they obviously knew through the through this ability of like sending out messages from the king about how long it took to get through the whole empire. And this empire went from Spain to the other side of India. This is massive, yeah, that's wild. Yeah. And they're just like, it's not like they're doing pigeon post or anything. They're riding, you know, with the horses, taking this information all the way to one side, you know, from one side to the other, and all these different places and the organization and everything has to happen. Okay. That's why when we get to it later, I want you all to remember in this study, think about how long it takes to get a message out. Whenever the whenever this king says, this is it, and it was the king, even though Haman did it, the signet ring was, it was done. It was in the in the the name of the king Ahasuerus. It was done. There is no turning back, and everybody knows it. And so immediately. Not 12 months or 11 months later, but immediately, King Ahasuerus and Haman go Taiwan on. They're going to get hammered. And the entire city of Susa gets the message just like that. And so now they got 11 months to wait. And it that, says the whole would, city that, yeah, is in confusion. Terrible. Can you imagine? No. I mean, that's crazy. Like, I know two weeks from now that Billy's going to go pet a monkey. There's no way I'm going. Like I've had, I've got enough time to decide not to go. Oh, I'm gonna convince you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, well, you know how it says, or you have said that the the name of the Lord is not in Esther in our traditional right. language in English. The name also Satan, Lucifer, uh-huh. the devil, whatever you call him, is not in here either. Right. But if you go back to the New Testament, there's words in here. They were to plunder, steal. Kill and destroy, uh-huh. and then it was thrown into confusion. Who is the author of confusion? Right, that's good. So you know he's there. It's there. Yeah, we all know the evil is always present, no matter where, no matter where, what, when. That's or good. Why. No, that's excellent. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. That's a good point. And if you <laughs> honestly, if you have the the good versus evil thing, we don't we don't really realize it, but 
just what he just said about kill them, young and old women, that's the same curse that God put on Amalek. That's the same curse that God told um, Saul to kill all of the Amalekites in that time. Like, it's basically a reverse curse back to God's people. So, I mean, it's like there's there's a thing happening here. It all comes back to obedience or lack thereof. Right. You're right. So uh, we're going to wrap this up, and but I'm going to read a lot. So just forgive me, guys. I want everybody to hear this because I think you should. All right? This isn't the only time this has happened to the Jews. In fact, my great-grandfather would have seen this with his own eyes. He would have seen the effect, something similar to what the Jews went through in the time of Persia, back when the Persian Empire was big. So now, and I'm going to read you what happened to the Jews while they were in Europe, especially Germany, from 1933 to 1945. I'm just going to break it down as quickly as I can. In 1933, on January 30th, Adolf Hitler was appointed Chancellor of Germany by President von Hindenburg. By March 22nd, the first official Nazi concentration camp opens up in Dachau. That's literally less than two months later. April 1st, the boycott of all Jewish shops and businesses. April 7th, the laws of reestablishment of the civil service barred Jews from holding civil service, university, and state positions. That's three months into his lead. April 26th, the Gestapo is established by Hermann Goering, the minister of Prussia. And May 10th, on May 10th, public burnings of books written by Jews, political dissidents, and others not approved by the state. July 14th, law excluding East European Jewish immigrants of German citizenship. This was all within six months, six or seven months of him becoming chancellor. There were public burning of books by Jews and anti-Nazis, random acts on Jews and Jewish property, police and the courts no longer protected the Jews, and April boycotts of Jewish shops for one day, Germans are told not to buy from shops and business owned by Jews. The SA standby shops to discourage people from going inside. Kosher, ritual slaughter of animals was then banned, and the Department of Racial Hygiene ethnic cleansing was established. That was just 1933. 1934, Hitler proclaims himself Führer. During this year, Jewish students are excluded from exams in medicine, dentistry, pharmacy, and law, and now are excluded from military service. 1935, Jews were barred from serving in the German armed forces. September 15th of 1935, Nuremberg Laws, first anti-Jewish racial laws were enacted. Jews no longer considered German citizens. Jews could not marry Aryans, nor could they fly the German flag. November 15th, Germany defines a Jew, anyone with three Jewish grandparents, someone with two Jewish grandparents who identifies as a Jew. I don't know if anybody knows this, but Adolf Hitler. Do what? He had one. Adolf? He had two. Two? He was he was of Jewish descent. He was of Jewish descent. So he should have been part of his own. Oh yes, yeah. He was he was he should have been part of his own final solution. (laughs) Were you going to say something, Andy? I was going to say then they they probably should have just told him his art was good. (laughs) (laughs) If they had him, he wouldn't have cert. He wouldn't have maybe much earlier in life. Yeah. Maybe he was terrible, though, to be fair. Who knows? And, I, you know, this might hit home. And uh, just so you guys know, there was a – I read a, a book about Hitler, and uh, there was a time his mother was actually going to abort him. I don't know if you knew about oh, that. Oh, I've heard that. I didn't know it if was, that was uh, urban it was true. legend. It's, or... No, it's not urban legend. It's historically accurate. Um, let's see, 1936 – 
Jewish doctors barred from practicing medicine in German institutions. Germans marched into Rhineland, previously demilitarized by the Versailles Treaty. Um, let's see, the Sachsenhausen concentration camp opens. That's and by October 25th, that's when Hitler and Mussolini formed the Roman Berlin Axis. This starts to begin happening in now across Europe. It's not just in Germany, now it's through all the way to Italy. And just by being related from, from country to country within Europe, it's starting to permeate through these societies. So they have nowhere to go. Um, they're no longer allowed to vote. Their benefit payments to the families were now stopped, the Jewish families. Now, at this point in 1936, Jews were banned from going to public parks, restaurants, and swimming pools, forbidden to use the German greeting Heil Hitler, uh, no longer allowed electrical or optical equipment, bicycles, typewriters, or records. Passports for Jews to travel abroad were restricted. Isn't that interesting? We don't want you, but you can't go anywhere. Many Jewish students removed from German schools and universities. In 1937, the Buchenwald concentration camp opens. In 1938, Anschluss, or incorporation of Austria, all anti-Semitic decrees immediately applied in Austria. So boom, here's yet another country the Jews are not welcome in. Mandatory registration of all property held by Jews inside the Reich. The Flossenburg in May, Flossenburg concentration camp opens. The Evian Conference held in Evian, France, on the problem of Jewish refugees. What's that? We've been hearing about refugees. You know, there were refugees during the, uh, what was it most recently where the refugees were leaving? Was it Ukraine? Sorry. Afghanistan? Afghanistan, but Ukraine. You know, all the refugees that were trying to leave. Russia's coming in. They're trying to go into Poland, you know, and then it's you know it becomes a problem for these people. They had nowhere to go. They couldn't. As a matter of fact, they try to go to Poland and it becomes a problem for the Jews then. Uh, August 1st, Adolf Eichmann establishes the Office of Jewish Immigration in Vienna to increase the pace of forced immigration. Now, August 3rd, Italy, of course, with Mussolini, enacts sweeping anti-Semitic laws. The Mauthausen concentration camp opens up in Austria. September 30th, Munich Conference. Great Britain and France agree to German occupation of the Sudetenland, previously Western Czechoslovakia. October 5th, following a request by Swiss authorities, Germans mark all Jewish passports with a large letter J to restrict Jews from immigrating to Switzerland. On the 28th of October, 17,000 Polish Jews living in Germany were expelled. Poles refused to admit them. 8,000 are stranded in the frontier village of Sabazin. I mean, it just goes on and on, guys. Uh, November 9th of that year, Kristallnacht. The Night of Broken Glass, anti-Jewish pogrom in Germany, Austria, and the Sudetenland. 200 synagogues were destroyed. 7,500 Jewish shops looted. 30,000 male Jews sent to concentration camps. November 12th, decree forcing all Jews to transfer retail businesses to Aryan hands. November 15th, all Jewish pupils expelled from German schools. Yeah. Here we go. Special identity cards issued to Jews. Jews excluded now from cinema, theater, concerts, exhibitions, beaches, and holiday resorts. Jews forced to add names Sarah or Israel to their own. Uh, Kristallnacht, uh, we talked about that. Uh, yep, that's done. 1939. Uh, Hitler in Reichstag speech, if war erupts, it will mean the Vernichtung or extermination of European Jews. So 15th, he occupies Czechoslovakia. Obviously, everything that he was doing to the Jews before, he's still doing there. Now the Ravensbrück concentration camp opens. Um, 
the beginning, September 1st of 1939, beginning of World War II, Germany invades Poland in the following weeks. 16,336 civilians were murdered by the Nazis. In 714 localities, at least 5,000 victims were Jews. October 12th, Germany begins deportation of Austrian and Czech Jews to Poland. And in October 28th, the first Polish ghetto established in Piotrów. November 23rd, Jews in German occupied Poland, forced to wear an armband or a yellow star. Uh, all Jews' radios are confiscated. And then a Jew's curfew, Jewish curfew, is established. Now, I'm not going to continue to read on and on uh, because I could go on. Uh, like, if we get yeah, into. Wow, it's a wild ticking of like. So and and you, it's like, it yeah. starts bad, and then it's just like one thing after the other, after the other, after the other, continually after that. Yeah, so the point that I wanted to make was if you saw what Germany wanted to do with somebody who was powerful like Hitler, who was loved by his people, and then they all kind of got, you know, some people maybe didn't quite love him, but they just went along with what was sure. ever going on. The fact is, is that things started happening in succession for the Jews rapidly. And from 1933 to 1945... Six million Jews are dead. Two years, yeah. No, 33 to 45. Oh, 30, is, yeah. Not 40, 35. It's I was 12. Like, wow, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, but over 12 years, six million Jews are, are, are killed. Now, this is a 11 month period that we're talking about in the Bible. But you can see what happens just because there was a decree made doesn't mean that they didn't start getting hammered from that point on. You understand? Oh, can you imagine? Your day's coming, Jew. It's coming. You got two months left. It's coming. They they probably started losing shops. They probably started losing money. They probably there was a lot of things that were going on. Socially, just I'm sure their life is absolutely. a nightmare. Absolutely, they were at one point hidden and assimilated in a country that now they have been brought up. Now they're everybody's looking, and during this whole time, their queen is Jewish. How interesting. Now for a joke. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have any. Wow. That's uh, a lot. Pretty heavy, huh? So uh, here's an update on something not related. Okay, reasons you can go to jail for debt in the U.S. Yeah. This is the primary one. Is uh, If you're in contempt of a court order, usually that functions mostly where if you're being sued over a debt and you fail to show up for court, uh-huh. uh, or if you can, you're paid, you're ordered by a court to pay a debt. Sure. Then you can go to jail for not paying it. And that's where the child support thing falls in because you've uh, been ordered by a court to pay their debt. So uh, you're not going to jail for non-payment. You're going to jail for violation of a court order. Whatever. Right, right. You know, it's a technicality. And the third way is uh, tax payments. If you're convicted of uh, fraud or uh, intentionally grifting the system, you can go to jail for tax debt. Yeah. So there's the. So can we do that to all of Congress? <laughs> well, you gotta, you gotta catch them. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And whenever there's they do the want to bring part. you to court, you don't have to. And if you don't go to court, then they just slap another fine on you, and then yeah, we'll see how that works out. Anyway, what do you guys think about? What do you think about that? This this story, like, you ever really poured yourself into it that far to see just how bad it actually was? I can't imagine living like that or anything like that. No. I've always just been a white dude in America. Yeah. True. Mm. Yeah. Well, who wants to go to the Quartet Convention with me now? <laughs> <laughs> Cel- celebrate our culture. That's this weekend? Huh? That's this weekend? This Saturday night. 
Man, four we, o'clock. The doors sure are open. I have to wash my hair, feed the hogs, <laughs> yeah, do some homework. Yeah. Where was that from? Oh, oh, come on. Come Christmas vacation. There That's, you right. go. That's what it was. Okay. Anytime you can get one of those quotes in. Yeah, that was awesome. I, I like uh, uh, my favorite parts whenever he's carrying all the dog food in the Walmart. Yeah. You know, get those yourself something real nice. <laughs> <laughs> real nice, Clark. Yeah. My favorite is. Is if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> don't get don't get too attached to that thing. We'll be le- <laughs> taking it with us when we leave here in a month, <laughs> three months. That's funny. Anyway, all right. Well, thank you, Billy. Thank you, Cherry, Andy, and Sarita. Thank you so much for being a guest here, and thanks for doing all the reading. That was so nice of yeah, you. Yeah, it's nice to have a good Sarita. reader. Rita. Yeah. Apparently, I have been. Sarita. Yes. Sarita's the Rita. She's Sarita. I don't even have a D in my name. That's funny. That's what happens to us here. (laughs) Anyway. Well, thanks again, guys. And we will catch you next time on the Burrows of Berea. Bye. See ya. Bye. She, I'm gonna have to lay out just so Rick will miss me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And brag about how much he misses me. I know. Maybe <laughs> wants to hug me or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and Give me a and that's the first one I've missed. The very first one. Very first one of what? It is. The podcast. Yeah. Oh, I've been yeah. here without you, know, you. No, not the side studies. Rick the and original. I have done one without. Rick and I have done one uh-huh. without no. you. No, 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 never. That was always side studies off weeks. He's oh. never missed oh, his yeah. week. Oh, really? Yeah. Never. Wow. Never. Until so last time, you. and it just totally, you know. I was watching track. Sar- <laughs> Sarita was so disappointed. <laughs> well, I haven't seen the other guy, so I'm pretty sure he doesn't exist. Oh, Ralph, he, oh, Ralph. He's real. Yeah, he's real. He's He'll real? be here. Oh, okay. He's yeah. some eye candy. He's real. Aged eye candy. I, oh, They wow. told me to say he's real. <laughs> okay. Is he old? <laughs> he's real. He's old. I'm not sure he's real old. He's got that, uh, I, I don't, don't know. think he's that. I don't think he's old. He's in his 60s. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. I really thought that he was probably in his 50s. Really? No. I just, yeah. Wow. Hmm. He's, yeah. He's a young, he, he's vibrant 70-year-old. He's an eye old. candy then, yeah. <laughs> okay, then. He's yeah. getting older. I don't know. Yeah. He's I bending know time over here. You guys are pushing it. You guys are pushing it. What, who? You said he's a little old eye candy? I didn't say he was a little old. What did you say? I said, yeah, then he's really eye candy. Oh, my gosh. He's Werther's original candy. <laughs> <laughs> he's peppermint stick. Oh. Here, kid. <laughs> Go, come here, kid. Are you talking about like Mr. Rogers' neighborhood? Let me get my candy out of my Werther's. cardigan. Is he that oh. bowl of candy your grandma used to leave on he the table until it stuck to one yeah. Yeah. candy? Yeah. Actually, like seven years old. Werther's yeah. original. I'm sure it was still good for you. <laughs> Werther's original has now. You know what? what? This better not be in here. It's <laughs> going to be in the back of it. Absolutely. Okay. I stopped the recording and then Thank you guys started you to chuckle and I turned it back on. That's again. what I'm talking about. I love it. It's always a surprise when I think the thing is over and I don't get to my Spotify in time to turn it off. There's, oh, there's a whole. So I went back and listened to some of the old ones to see if there was the old like stuff at the that's bottom. That's Andy It's fantastic. Yeah. Track, I, it's, yeah. my, it's my favorite part. That's what Andy does. He's he's done it from the very beginning. He would just he's like sneaky. I like yeah. it. Yeah, oh. if there's something that's fun, but it doesn't when, really belong. I've yeah. gotten yeah. so many people saying, "What does Happy Zombie Jesus Day mean?" <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, okay." <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, that was very funny. Oh, well. well, okay. Does, do you guys want to take a about a two or three minute break yeah, and get some air? Yeah, sure. probably. Okay, probably let's nice do that. Okay. Is there no air in here? Uh, there is, but well, it's, it won't it's, be when it's we nicer record. air outdoors. Oh, it's nicer air outdoors. Yeah.
No, you won't. Yes, I you will. Don't, you don't listen to the podcast. I did. I, I, I listened to the one this morning. Which you told one? me to. Which one? The one that released this morning. Oh, you did? Yes. Did you listen to Sarita's? Yes, I did. Okay, good. So you know all about her? I know all about her. Good. Because I'm going to quiz you here in just a minute. No, you're not. <laughs> you don't have to answer one question. <laughs> yeah. You plead it. Are we rolling? Plead yeah, it. we're rolling. <laughs> 